Hello, everybody. Welcome to Predetermined. I'm your host, Garrett Callender. I'm the other guy, Derek Halpin. Love the other guy. I am the other guy today <laughs> and every day, but I'm here. Yeah, thanks for tuning back in. We're still here in Chicago. We're still together. This has been the longest uh, period we've had together in years, probably. Yeah, I don't think we've had this many days, consecutive days of hanging. Since probably college? Probably. Probably. That's God. fair to say. Are you exhausted? Of you? Yeah. No. So I have been here since Thursday. It is now Monday. Monday early evening. Yeah, so we're recording. This is the latest. Usually when we go to a show here, we immediately record the following morning or right when we get back. We've lost our voices. We've had a lot go on this weekend. I still don't have my voice back 100%. I mean, I, I, mean, I went pretty nuts on Saturday at AEW Revolution, which is what we're here to discuss, but I'm not going to have the ability to yell. Not that I normally do, but... I did a lot of yelling the other day. And you are mere hours away from leaving me. So let's make the most of this time together and kind of review what we went through the past few days, but specifically Saturday. Well, first off, how am I as a house guest? You are fine. It's been okay? You have been fantastic. I feel bad because I feel like you've had trouble sleeping. Well, I got to talk to you about that now that we're here. Okay. So today you left for work and left me here all day. Mm-hmm. And I figured it was better to ask forgiveness than permission. Mm -hmm. I slept in your bed. Did you? On top of it. Okay. I didn't get in the sheets. Okay. I hope that's okay. Yeah. Slept like a fucking baby in your room all day long. Yeah. How was that? That was great. I pulled the office up on my laptop. I just, I had a nice little thing going. Yeah. Used that little space heater to heat up the room a little bit. Turned it off. Was the bed comfy enough for you? Oh, it was. It was perfect. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm not upset at all. Okay. That was a worry. That was a worry that I You thought that I was going to feel violated? Yeah. You could have just said something. You've done things in there, I'm sure. Sure. Because you're cool. (laughs) (laughs) I know know how fucking cool you are, and I didn't want (laughs) to... Yeah, I jerked it in there last night right before you slept in there so on top of the sheets onto the pillow right to where you put your head well i i even left the uh the cover pulled over the pillow so that you would never just in case yeah and then i i thought maybe i should fess up to this no i'm not mad at all i will tell you something you're very neat your apartment is tidy as hell is it it really is i feel like there's always i maybe it's because i'm a little ocd but i there's always things i feel like could be improved upon no, this place is super clean. Everything's in place. And I feel like I come in and fuck it up by, because I am a messy person. What does your wife call you? A shit pig. Do you own that? I own that. I may have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's ever actually called me that or if I just say she thinks that I am, but it's true. I think she's told you that you're a shit pig before because you've, this is, this is obviously I remembered it, but, uh. No, it doesn't bother you, but you've been great. You have not been an issue. I Actually, I take that back. I did almost trip over your suitcase on my way out the door this morning for work. Yeah. Because it was not where it was previously located. And yeah. I just, through the dark, I didn't turn lights on as a courtesy, yeah. and I my foot clipped it, and I thought, what the fuck? Yeah, I last night when I left it there, I thought I should have probably moved it, but I didn't hear you collide into anything, so I, I figured we were okay. No, we're still okay, but... Are you ready for me to get the fuck out of here? No, actually. I'd like you to stay another week. 
Oh, well, that's the nicest thing. I, I wasn't expecting that. Because I'm going to a wrestling show Friday night. Freelance Fuck. Wrestling is going to be back at Logan Square Auditorium. So I will probably be giving you guys an update on that next week. Well, give let's plug some uh, freelance before their show. Open up that card. I'm going to do my best to get this card up in a timely manner, Garrett. But well, That's fine. But Open hold, Facebook. Hold, it's somewhere. Hold down the fort for me in case I go quiet. All I know is, I mean, usually when I see the freelance card, I see a bunch of people I get excited about. But this card in particular, it just seemed like every single match had at least one person that I'm like, holy fuck, this is going to be a banger show. So the name of the show this Friday, March 6th, is called Lucky Punks. And uh, I'm trying to find pictures of the card because they don't want to be cooperative. But Okay, so on this show, we are going to have... We're going to have Robert Anthony versus Craig Mitchell with Frank, with Frank the Clown. It's going to be in Robert Anthony's corner. Hopefully he bleeds... An equal amount that he did for uh, Kylie Ray. Yeah. Or just a, a normal amount that makes sense. We're going to have the Space Monkeys defending their titles in a tag team championship gauntlet. We're also going to have Dan Housen versus Isaiah Glaci- uh, Velasquez. Sorry. Isaiah Velasquez versus Dan Housen. Oh, my God. Have you seen Dan Housen live before? I don't think I have. But we're also getting Effie versus Mark Wheeler, Eric Cannon, Kenny Sutra, Gary J, oh. Dan the Dad, GPA, and Darren Corbin in a scramble for the number one contendership for a shot at the Legacy Championship. Kobe Durst versus Alex Zane versus Warhorse. Holy shit. Yes. Holy shit. It's getting real. And then Laney Luck and Acid Jazz versus Jesus Bryce and Elena Black. I don't know some of them, but I... Uh, you did on- see them last I time. I did see them last time? Yes. Okay. I can only assume that that will be great as well, but just Jesus Christ. The names of people that I get excited about that are on that show, I'm I'm very jealous of this one. So we went to get something to eat a little while ago, and I pulled up my Instagram, and I found a nice picture of Effie, Danhausen, Warhorse, Dan the Dad, and Alley Cat all hanging out together. And I said, it's the fucking indie Avengers. It really is that that is a car ride. I would love to be part of. That is a big van of fun that. Oh my God. I would lots of white claws, lots of claws. I assume that the others would drink the claws. Yes. Not the, not the person driving. Who do you think Dan? The dad's definitely doing the driving. (laughs) He's a responsible adult. And I can't wait to tag all of these people in this episode to, so they can either confirm or deny this. Is, I guess you know that fucking Danhausen ain't having one of those things. Oh, no. Spicy water. It's t- yeah. It's I, too spicy. Who do you think would be the hardest to ride in that van with and why? Oh, that's a good question. I don't want to say because they might listen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt any feelings. But whoever it is, you know who you are. All I know is Effie's in the back vaping. Is he? He's vaping. Maybe he's vaping in the passenger seat up front. He could be. Got to keep Dan the dad company. Got to have him somebody up there. Warhorse might just get tuckered out in a car from Warhorse all the headbanging. Warhorse is definitely controlling the fucking music. He's controlling the radio. And <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, if you haven't, and you're in the Chicagoland area, 
first of all, if you're in the Chicagoland area and you don't already know, there is a fantastic indie pro wrestling scene here. You've got multiple places you can go for that. You can go through Freelance Wrestling, which we just plugged. There's also AAW. There's also Chicago Style Wrestling and just... Warrior? Pe- Warrior Wrestling. God damn, their cards are crazy, too. I've... You have to check out one of their shows someday and let me know how those are. Cause... I always feel like when they book their shows, it's always right after I've just seen another show and it's at a day where I can't do it. Like it's, I don't know. I've had bad luck figuring out when I can go to warrior wrestling, but like I said, I'm heading to freelance wrestling here in a couple days. So you'll hear a report back from that, but let's talk about wrestling. We have seen you want to just hop straight into a, uh... I don't think we've hopped straight into it. I think we have taken a small, uh, a small detour to get there. Well, I mean, there's, we could detour further. We spent the weekend watching a lot of wrestling together. And here's the fun thing. We have how many different watch-alongs in our catalog now that you're not necessarily going to get immediately? Yeah, we need to let Strange Dabs know we filled his request. We did Cage of Death 19. Yes. We did it with my good friend Aaron. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to watch that along with us because there was some fuckery. Just be prepared in the, in the coming months and maybe maybe even weeks. There may be some weeks where we release an extra episode. There may be a week where we have to take a week off for whenever for whatever reason, and uh, you get a watch-along as your weekly episode. I'm so bummed. The only one that I, I feel like we have to talk about it because the episode got fucked up due to streaming issues, but the Carl Malone one. We were doing a watch-along with my roommate, Christopher, and uh, he's a big fan of the NBA, so we thought it was only appropriate to be doing the uh, tag team match between Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman against Carl Malone and DDP. And we were doing it, and I thought it was going okay. And all of a sudden, there were some buffering issues, which if you know how a watch-along works, that throws off the fucking timing, which means we had to scrap that. And what's fucked up is that it was working fine, like basically all through the entrances. All through the shit that wasn't necessarily important to what we were getting ready to talk about. And then as soon as the match started, there were buffering issues. So we had to scrap that. So we apologize. Maybe we'll tr- We should have tried again on something. We should have. We owe him one. That is the worst match that the crowd was hot for. Yeah. Well, so here's... Okay, we do need to bring this up. I'm glad that we get to spoil this because it's going to tie into something we're talking about later. So during... The DDP, uh, Carl Malone, and uh, Dennis Rodman Hogan match. At one point early in the match, Carl Malone hooks a type of headlock on Hulk Hogan. And I say to everyone, it doesn't even look like a wrestling move. It just looks like a thing that he felt like you grab around their head and neck and squeeze, and then the other guy pleads that he's in pain. (laughs) Whatever. And I say, this is not a fucking move. It looks dumb. Lo and behold, very first match on the fucking card, Jake Hager beats Dustin Rhodes with this very fucking move. Would have never... T. Yeah. Would have never known that Carl Malone was one of his biggest wrestling influences. But it... Because we were sitting there questioning the whole match, like... What is his finisher? Is it still the swagger bomb or whatever? Is it the ankle lock? How's he going to finish this? And he finishes it with the Carl Malone hug. The Carl Malone hug is Jake Hager's (laughs) finisher. So 
ask me, you know, we've got, we're out in front of this because they probably haven't even named it yet. First of all, I guess if Jake Hager's a shoot fighter for Bellator, that means that's a, a legit hold. And I was wrong. Yeah, it turns out Carl Malone was the shit, and he was really putting Hulk Hogan to sleep. <laughs> he right was then. he was ahead of the fucking game. Or, so yeah. sorry, Carl. Yeah, we well, not we we didn't actually release the episode, so I didn't get the shit talk. Yeah, we we did end up shit talking Carl Malone a little bit throughout that. Turns out he's not the best person. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, Jake Hager has Carl Malone's uh, move as his finisher, and uh, it's it's a shoot hold, maybe. Still looks weak as shit to me, and uh, I just I just know that when he slapped that hold on Dustin, I'm like, well, this can't be it. You and I both just looked at each other the second he- I looked at you and I said, if this is how the match ends, and lo and behold, like 15 seconds later, that's how it ended. It might not have even because he didn't hold that uh, for nearly as long as Carl Malone did. Nah, just Gold Dust can't handle it. He's thank God he can't fight Carl Malone anymore. <laughs> They're probably the same age, but I'm excited to know that some of this stuff that we recorded, I'm probably going to forget about in a few days and you're going to be able to just fucking pull that out when we need it. That's true. We got some extra bullets in the chamber. That's kind of exciting. Are bullet references acceptable? Um, well, yeah, we haven't mentioned bullet club in a long time. What's Tomatonga up to? Nobody knows. Well, I can tell you what he's up to fucking nothing because New Japan canceled all their shows. Yeah, we haven't even had a chance to talk about that. The coronavirus shit's getting out of control. It's fucking up wrestling now. You know, that's when, once again, one, this is one how I can tell that it is really hitting mainstream news is once it's hit wrestling. Because well, that's my news. Well, then the other story that I just read today, coronavirus has officially been reported in, t- in the uh, Tampa Bay area. And there's actually a legitimate risk now that they may have to cancel WrestleMania because they can't afford to have people in mass quantities die arena together if they're exposed to that. So are you fucking with me? I'm not fucking with you. This is a legit story that came out. So this could legitimately affect Joey Janela's spring break for me. No, I mean, you can still go, but. I don't want to get the coronavirus. Well, maybe they're not worried about that. And well, first of all, the kind of places that host GCW shows, you're not already worried about what you might get there. Hepatitis, maybe. Chlamydia, sure. Coronavirus wasn't on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Um, nah. This it's I I feel so full from all of the content we created this weekend. And uh, obviously, I'm excited to release this episode here soon. In fact, if you're listening to this, you probably got noticed that this episode's up a little bit earlier than it normally is, right? Yeah. Or you just tuned in at the regular time and you're like, oh, no, this came out exactly when I normally listen to it. Or this is months and years later and you're listening to this episode late and like time timeline-wise, this makes no sense at all. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're listening to something that you already know all the results to, but... You know, we went back, gave you a little Carl Malone, uh, <laughs> gave you a little I slept in Derek's bed. Pre- previewed a show that is now no longer even relevant on any level. Freelance. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's like a real fucking banger and puts them on like some <laughs> ridiculous map. Um, so how many uh, we were talking about this? How many AEW shows, if you don't count all in, have you officially been to now that? We closed the books on Revolution. You've been to three. 
all out double or nothing revolution revolution yeah and i because i missed the dynamite taping yeah and i missed the dynamite taping here we'll go to the pay-per-views but fuck tv (laughs) which i think we've learned maybe not because now they announced their next tv taping or they announced essentially a pay-per-view tv taping that's true um in a couple of weeks what is it newark new jersey Uh, yeah, Newark, and they announced it as War Games, essentially. Well, that that was what we were talking about. This that's what's so funny about the the spot that they played for it in the arena. Maybe they did it on the broadcast too. Yeah, they did. We watched the uh, on the legal stream later on. Um, but yes, it's essentially War Games. They and the, what was the gist of the thing that they played, which was like, you know what this is. This is war. You get it. You get it. <laughs> You know the rest. Was it like two rings, one cage covering all of it? This is war. You get it. Blood and guts. (laughs) So they're bringing back war games, but just like they did with that fucking bash at the beach show, they're essentially taking an old WCW idea and just throwing it on fucking Wednesday Night Dynamite. Well, because wasn't war games Dusty's? Yeah, it was Dusty's idea. So it makes sense that they still run with that. Well, I remember... A couple of months ago, the reports that Cody was fighting with WWE over getting the rights to war games, which bad fucking timing, because if he had done that, like maybe three or four years ago, then they probably would have been like, sure. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. But now NXT is actually using war games and having a lot of success with it. So, of course, they're not going to release that fucking property. That being said, if two different promotions want to give me war games matches, all in matches themselves can be the exact same fucking thing, but. They can't call it the same thing. This is war. You get this it. is war. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they're required to use those words every time they talk about the match. Well, bringing up the war games, I kind of started. Uh, I I had one specific piece of fantasy booking that I just wanted one off one night. We got Jeff Cobb as a hired gun. Well, let's talk about it okay. for a minute because okay. because yes, we we can announce that there is a war games coming up but we kind of have to set that up what we think is going to happen with that by talking about this show that we went to because the finish of the show kind of set up where we think this is headed right yeah absolutely all right garrett you're in chicago you're not out in fucking hoffman estates it's windy as shit it's windy it's chilly at the wind trust arena wind trust arena pretty new here first time going there for all of us and uh the environment outside was pretty, people were pretty jacked for it. Oh, I was, sh- it was cold. Yes. It was very cold and we were in the shade. It was windy. We were essentially in a wind tunnel and wrestling fans are fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Like I know you didn't bring a coat, but you were still bundled up, you know, enough. I wore a thermal and I wore like a thermal base hoodie. Like I was fine. I was freezing my balls off. I had a full winter coat on a hoodie underneath, yeah. which I think my Carly Ray Jepsen hoodie is officially like my green smiley face shirt guy in the front row. Like that, that's your thing. This is now my wrestling outfit. Okay. Where it's cause you know, I use, I wear a wrestling shirt. What? How many days a week? That's your second Carly Rae Jepsen item you've worn since you've been here too. Well, we went to Kuma's and I have my Carly <laughs> Rae Jepsen metal font shirt and it just, it felt appropriate to wear that there really quick. Do a, do a favor for Chicago. I know you're not used to doing that. Plug Kuma's corner. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people who aren't from here to go there. No, Kuma's metal themed burger place. 
I've been told about it for years. I've been to the one in Indiana, but didn't eat because, you know, Garrett's got some tummy problems. And uh, we, you know, free night in Chicago, full night to just have diarrhea like I, no business. Not due to the burger, due to my own shit. My own gastrointestinal problems. But you enjoyed your your giant pretzel bun, beefy burger. Oh, any burger on a pretzel bun already has me rock hard. Well... Thank God there was a table between us. I went, yeah, you, you, <laughs> and it is not big enough to feel between the table. Uh, so yeah, the burger, I went, just went for the famous Kumas burger. I wanted to start with the base burger. I'm a big burger fan. That's a good baseline. I wanted to just start with that, but then they have ones named after Metallica, Zeppelin, High on Fire, a lot of different burgers. Slayer. But either way, solid fucking burger so i like a nice fancy burger and they that was that was a good one we've got several of them in the city so if you come visit for a wrestling show or even anything anything you come here for anything go to kuma's corner you don't even have to like metal it's a good burger anyways yes to your point you know wrestling fans are fucking crazy when it's frigid out and people are so committed to the orange cassidy cosplay gimmick that they are waiting in line in just the jean jacket and then the jean with the fucking holes for the Did knee pads. You, he had the knee pads on. Yeah, that's commitment. And then there were a guy got out of a cab drunk as shit, like waving a sack of oranges around. The crowd outside was very amped for Orange Cassidy. Let's talk about that specifically. Because I know after Dynamite this past week, when they announced Pac versus Orange Cassidy, that anytime they throw that graphic up, it gets a response. I think a louder response than maybe AEW was prepared for because it was a, it feels like it was a last minute. Like, Oh, we need to fill some time. What'll work. Maybe, maybe they knew it all along, but they didn't have like a fucking promo package at the beginning of the show for it. I digress, but I mean, do we skip ahead just to talk about orange Cassidy for the night? And like, we don't have to talk about the show in order. We don't have to talk about it in order at all. So, yeah, just to, let's just talk about how fucking over Orange Cassidy is as a star right now. So before the show, they basically announced the order of the card. Yeah. And they went like screen by screen and showed you each thing. People popped for everything. But originally they played a graphic for that Orange Cassidy match being like third or fourth. Right. Which and would have made sense. Which Yeah, which is where we kind of thought it would be. The people, when that thing, when just that image. Like everyone applauded for all the other matches, especially like, you know, Moxley and Jericho. That got a big response. The tag match. Right. Um, But when Orange Cassidy hit that, the entire arena erupted. And I think we even said, do you think they rearranged that on the card based on how big of a response it's getting? And their correct answer was, well, they should. And the correct answer was, yeah, semi-main. Yep. (laughs) And that's where it wound up. I think it just speaks to how well that gimmick is working there. And like you said, first of all, if this is your first exposure to Orange Cassidy, even better. Because you're going to get, like like you said after the match, he didn't show you everything he has. There are still some other spots he can do. That he hasn't done yet, correct? You said he's got some top rope things he does. He's got this one bit where he gets on the top rope like he's going to do some crazy move and then essentially just falls very gently forward. <laughs> it, it's like a very weak version of the coffin drop. So, semi-main event. 
this match that was announced this la- this last Wednesday. And that's does that solely on the strength of Orange Cassidy? It has to the guy. I mean, I mean not a were, knock on Pac. No, I think people were excited for him too because he is one of the best in the world, and that's not who you're expecting to see Orange Cassidy get. What did you say to me at one point? You're like, the one thing I'm upset about being here for this match is that I don't get to hear Jim Ross's commentary. Oh, I was all I could do is look across <laughs> and wish I should have been a guy at like a baseball game, like you were talking about. Like I should have just logged into it on my phone so that <laughs> so I could, could listen to Jr. <laughs> Because I was just expecting him to shit all over that thing. What do you think the future holds for OC? Heavyweight champ. <laughs> He's going to dethrone Moxley. Not Maybe not Moxley. But oh, you're being serious. Like somebody? You don't think someday Orange Cassidy is going to have a title? A Ma- tag title, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> like they do a free bird rule and he can... <laughs> Get in and out with uh, Chucky T and Trent. It would be fucking hilarious to have him if they do like six man belts and he holds those with best friends and they do all the work and he just comes in and puts a foot on after. That would be the perfect belt for him to have. Right. A six man tag. I love that. Yep. Oh my God. Because yeah, did you ever see when he had the IWTV title at all? I didn't, but you told me about it. Yeah, he carried the thing around in a Jan Sport backpack, and when he would pull it out, <laughs> he would have it facing backwards so that you don't actually see the title. Like he itself. knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the crowd, Derek, for this match, two standing ovations. Two standing ovations for spots that he's been doing in bingo halls for years. Yes. And just seeing that work. On such a large level. Obviously, freshly squeezed chance, but we also got no pulp. This is wrestling. <laughs> I just what was it during the no pulp chant? Like Pac looked at like the crowd and then the camera was like, What what are they chanting? <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to know. How do you think he felt about that match? He had to have been excited, right? To be in a match that's getting such big response. Well, I said something to you at one point. I was like, it's funny knowing that I don't know how, what frustrations he was feeling as Neville in WWE. I don't know the exact reasons uh, why he quit. I'm sure there were a lot of factors. I know that working with the joke that is Enzo probably didn't help. And I turned to you and I said, just imagine he fucking quit WWE over working with Enzo. And then he came to AEW and just got two standing ovations in a match from working with orange Cassidy. <laughs> if, if you, if you want to talk about people's perceptions of how comedy wrestling works, it fucking works. And he played along. He, he did, did the little along. kicks with him. He may he may play along better with that act than anyone because he was so fucking annoyed. <laughs> he just wanted to have a fucking five-star classic like he did with Kenny on Dynamite just a few days just early. <laughs> earlier. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about that. That's like, range. Those two had really, like, I think um, Tony Schiavone or Excalibur said, this might be the best wrestling match to have ever been on TNT. <laughs> And then a few days later, Kenny has to do what he did, which we'll get into. And Pac has essentially a night off. <laughs> well, he didn't have the total night off because he still had to 
I mean, oh no, no, don't. Orange Cassidy fucking chained wrestled him to start that match with his hands in his pockets at certain (laughs) points. God, and then when uh, Neville wants to do top rope stuff, and Orange Cassidy just keeps rolling back and forth all the way across the ring. Oh God. So, like I said, that that was so much fun. I'm glad it got bumped up to that spot. Um, before we go into some of the other stuff on the card, we got to fulfill a request from our friend John. This is a regular theme on this show, Garrett. I mentioned it, Kumas. You know, I knew it was gonna fuck me up. Garrett, talk about the bathroom situation at Wintrust Arena. Okay. First bathroom I went in at the Wintrust Arena was a little small one right across from our section, which is where the majority of the people were going. However, if you it was just four stalls, four urinals, pretty standard stuff. If you walked... It was all, clean, though, wasn't it? It was clean. It was clean. They did a good job. And plus, they had uh, the water-efficient one. So if you just took a number one, you just hit a one. You hit you take a two. Made you feel you eco-friendly? Two. Yeah. You're, you're shitting in the environment. Eco-friendly neckbeards. Yeah. I'm sure they all hit number two. But you basically had a fucking private bathroom shortly thereafter. Yeah. There were so many people. I decided to walk a little further down, like towards the end where they had the stage. So not as many people are seated down there. I had a room, 15 urinals, like 10 stalls. Nobody was in it. All to myself. I'm looking in there. This thing's clean. No one's touched it. I had a private bathroom the whole time. I felt like a king, Derek. You dropped a line that blew (laughs) <laughs> fucking blew my mind at the time. You said I took two shits just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you were living the life, no oh, stress whatsoever. No, I didn't. You didn't even have to consider a toilet seat cover. It didn't fucking matter. <laughs> they had just cleaned it, and it was clean the entire night. How did you feel about the arena itself? I mean, I, I... the greatest feature for the pro wrestling fan was created. A wide fucking seat. Yep. The wind truck. That is how you can tell that arena is brand fucking new. Because how many arenas have you been to where you were just goddamn squished in those seats? Yeah. Like it just your elbows are on top of somebody else's forearms. You're like kind of holding your arms in trying not. I was able, no joke, to fit my entire arm between my body and the armrest. And that was nice. Wintrust arena gets the thumbs up. Yeah, Cassidy thumbs up. I mean, the hallways are a little narrow where they had to sit up for merch. Wasn't as good. The food options, pretty standard for an arena, but the prices were good. Yeah. The prices weren't like crazy for an arena. It was like six bucks for nachos. I had a big pretzel. I had two big pretzels. I was going to say, be honest, you had two hot pretzels. I was, so I was so excited for Derek to get nachos so that I could take a picture and I, mostly because I wanted him to just have that mound of jalapenos. They kind of regulated how many I got. They gave me two little Dixie cup things of nachos, which is fine. It was enough. They were like, but it wasn't like what I had at Money in the Bank a couple of years ago, where it was like I had a ha- two jalapenos per nacho. You, yeah, you, you had, <laughs> you had a pile of jalapenos with a side of nachos. That's exactly what it's supposed to be for me. And for them, they were like, "No, Derek, we're trying to keep these bathrooms clean. You only get two little Dixie cups." Well, by the time I went to the bathroom later on, it was a little messier, but still very, very clean for a wrestling show. So maybe uh, the maybe the AEW crowd's just a polite, clean bunch. I don't believe that. <laughs> you mean based on the amount of profanity and I'm everything? just saying that I've been to the couple Ring of Honor shows with you where these same kind of fans 
have gone to venues and just absolutely destroyed those fucking bathrooms. It's not on it, good good on Wintrust Arena. The other thing is, I have, don't have it in front of me right now, but it's a similar seating capacity to Sears Center, but it felt smaller. Like it felt like a more intimate, tighter arena. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it definitely. Uh, I would say with the Sears Center, it felt longer. I feel like than this. I th- I felt much closer to the ring. Right. We sat in a uh, section two twenty eight, so we were in a top corner. But this place is so small that honestly, sitting in the two hundred level almost felt like sitting in the hundred level. I felt like we were on top of the ring, and plus we had a good angle on the ring, which was at what I call it, the, the fire pro wrestling view. Yeah. So you're getting the diamond version yeah. of the ring. Where well, we're... that's how I like to watch it because a lot of stuff that happens hap- like on the outside of the ring is a very two dimensional view. If you're on just one side on the lower level, but um, no thumbs up on wind trust arena. I don't really have a ton to say about the, <laughs> I will say the, the Jake Hager Dustin Rhodes match. The w- couple notable things you kept pushing how sexy the kiss was between yes. Jake Hager and his significant other. I would have forgot about that if you had. God, why'd you say that? I have to, I have Garrett, to take Garrett, a shower this now. This is an audio fucking form of entertainment. Garrett just covered his pants because apparently he's getting aroused at the thought of this kiss. Do you see that fucking kiss, guys? I know you saw that kiss. We all saw that kiss. We watched Jake Jake Hager before we've ever seen him have a match. We've seen tongue kisses. That's true. We saw him make out before he wrestled. And like he was in those little pants. He was not worried about an erection. That's which, a man with control. That was a man with great. And he looked great. It, I, it was we just, were talking about this. It's weird how just a simple repackaging of a guy kind of changes how you look at him. Even he, like getting out of the singlet. We went from we the people to we the kissing because I fucking love this tongue kissing. This is his entrance now. He comes out, he makes out with somebody in the front row, gets in the ring, and hugs him to death. The match was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't anything like this going to fucking register with anybody, but I mean, it was fine. It wasn't a stinker. Um, we'll get to that stuff later. Uh, but the spot where Hager gets dumped on the outside and fucking smashes his face off of the steel steps. I legitimately thought something went wrong. That's how well they did selling that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he just got cesaro There goes his front teeth. He's on. I thought he was unconscious. Yeah. I got worked. Good job, guys. Also, hey, good job with that fucking kissing. Because I'm not good. done. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett wants to have a whole episode just dedicated to the multiple times they, they swapped spit. Jake Hager's kissing is something masterful. I don't think I've ever seen anyone in pro wrestling kiss as good. Is Jake Hager. Best best lips in the business. <laughs> and tongue. I already know what the photo for this week's going to be. Is I have to them fu- kissing? It's going to be them kissing. And I'm going to find a... Out of all the good images from that show that you could get, that's what you're getting. Well, that was my takeaway. That was the... That was the highlight of the night for five you. Five-star kiss. Five-star kiss. Darby <laughs> Allen, Sammy Guevara. Woo. Woo. Would you say... Where would this match? I mean, look, guys, if if you've heard anything about this fucking show, you know what match of the night was. Yeah. Ma- so we'll get to that. Hold your horses in your extra wide seat. We'll we'll get to you. Do you think this is possibly second best match of the night, or mm-hmm. at least top three? I put it as number two for me. Okay. 
Um, it just had such a hot start. Darby Allen fucking like diving out of the ring first. immediately. Yeah. Bell never rings. They just start beating the shit out of each other. Well, the, this and I, I think when we were watching this in the arena, I, I remember how the match started, but I, it didn't register to me that the bell hadn't rung yet. So when they started doing all this like illegal shit on the outside of the ring, I think I threw up my hands and I said, I guess we're just letting it fly. Like no GCW rules, baby. So when they finally did all the, like the, the stuff on the ring barricade, which by what, by the way, sorry, Darby, you were so close. Your foot got caught on that middle rope on that Tope Suicida with Sammy Guevara hung up on the railing. You came really close. I think they tried to sell it as like a headbutt, but and yeah, they it didn't like, he didn't it get didn't all. stunt the match at all though. It still worked. Well, because especially the next spot right after that's that table spot where Sammy gets on the top rope, jumps up to do a flip, and looks like goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog flying through the Absolutely. air. Absolutely. How many fucking rotations did he get on it that? It looked like he got at least three. Maybe four. <laughs> um, Could be six. I don't know. All I know is he, was, <laughs> he, he just kept, sp- like I said, Sonic the Hedgehog. You heard that no- that spinny noise? It was like in a Street Fighter when you can just mash a button and they move really fast. And somebody you feel really just, cool. Yeah. Somebody was slamming A and getting him spinning spinning around and yeah that match was really good plus fucking darby connects with the coffin drop which i will yeah that's that's a that's a rarity um i think it was good because we kind of had a good idea that like we had i guess we had the perception that inner circle was going to have a big night and they ended up losing two out of three right jake hager was the only guy who came away with a w that's true it's because he made out with his wife. Yeah. Fucking, I'm, man. Darby Allen's a star, right? Can somebody get me a t-shirt of just Jake Hager making out with his wife? Because I am a Jake Hager mark. Can't Luke do that for you? Yeah. <laughs> Luke, if you're listening. I, I don't want to put Luke in charge of making too many t-shirts, but. Luke, you need to make Garrett a t-shirt of Jake Hager kissing his wife. Five-star kiss. Throw some, like, GeoCities graphics on that thing, <laughs> like some stars exploding. <laughs> Some, some really late 90s, early 2000s graphic. <laughs> Hell, wear that. Make it a hoodie. Fuck it. Um, we need to talk about the fact that between us talking about Orange Cassidy uh, and Darby Allen and to a certain extent, Sammy Guevara, AEW in such a short time period has already created homegrown, essentially, legitimate stars. People who consistently, when their music hits... The crowd comes alive. They get a reaction. That's how, to me, by definition, that's what makes you a star. Like, like people that you don't really give a shit about, you like, you do like the half-ass woo, a person's coming out. But when somebody's music, like when Darby Allen's music hit for that match and the lights went out, that place fucking popped. Like yeah, that man he- had a long fucking track record of being on TV. I mean, between just think about the the journey that Darby Allen's had since he's been there. I mean, wasn't one of his first big matches with Cody when they were in Tampa? Yeah. Or was that the very first AEW match? No, it was Sammy Guevara and Cody. But yes, one of his first matches was with Cody. He worked with Moxley. He worked with Jericho. Like they've made him a star. And he's always doing interesting shit. And I think he's somebody that everybody can tell like, oh, no, this guy's really putting his body on the line for me. Yes. And what did I lean over and say to you? The words that I've been waiting to hear. Darby won me over. 
I'm not a fan. Like, I'm never going to buy a Darby Allen shirt, but he can stay. He belongs. The crowd got it. Like, he's just, Darby's here. Darby's here to stay. There needs to be a mid-card kind of belt that a Darby could have. But I got what I needed out of the situation because not too long after I said this, you said my one thing with Darby is I don't like his little shorts with his leggings underneath. And I said, right? You see? Do you think, the thing is, I don't think I would like if it was just the little shorts either because I would see his kneecaps. What about just like wrestling tights? Do you think that, that wouldn't work? Just black tights, just a pair. Why can't of he wrestle in like jeans with like the fucking knee torn out, so the black leggings are under there? Just some like hot topic jeans. Yeah, he he he's got his own style. He likes what he likes. I'm just saying. Just I'm I'll let him go on this one, but uh, I was gonna say the guy wearing Carly Rae Jepsen gear to a wrestling show can't go after the guy wearing little shorts and leggings. Hey, you know what? I, I'm doing the opposite. Instead of wearing the best wrestling shirt I have. Just wear this fucking Carly Rae Jepsen and get a lot of looks. What did you think about Cody and MJF? Let's, cause, because we got to talk about it. It feels very weird saying this. Was it bad? I wouldn't say it was bad, but I would say the level of matches that Cody has given us thus far, as far as his big matches, his pay-per-view matches... Even the ones that I didn't think had as good of a story going in ended up being excellent. And I thought this was the best story he's had so far going into a match. So my expectations were just crazy high. I wouldn't even say my expectations were crazy high. I just think that they were up there for me. Because this was like the... I would argue that next to the main event, this was the second most built match. This has been a story since full gear back in November. They did put a shit ton of time into building this angle. And I trust Cody. Maybe he should have spent less time getting that fucking new neck tattoo and more time working on that fucking match over the last three months. Now I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt to a certain extent. I'm sure this is not over. There's going to be a a round two, whether that's going to be at a pay-per-view or on dynamite or whatever. But other than some spots on the outside of the ring, there wasn't like a lot of wrestling. I guess they did battle through the crowd a little bit. Maybe, maybe it played better on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's one. Cause that is one we haven't gone back and rewatched, but in the arena, it just it felt f- like everyone was waiting. It fell flat a little bit. Yeah. It, like you said, it, we were waiting for something bigger to happen. Well, we, I think I was waiting for the match to pick up, and I was kind of waiting for Cody to make MJF look like a wrestler who could stand on his own and just, like, show off some stuff, and that never really happened. Like, it, I'm trying to think. There was a moment where it felt like it picked up a little bit, and it was around the time that Cody booted Arn Anderson. Yeah. And I felt like, well, okay, yeah. I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Now it's going to start picking up, but it seemed like shortly. And they just kind of went into the finish. Yeah. I felt I, the way I feel about that match is kind of how I felt after Nakamura styles at mania where I was like, Oh yeah. Where for sure, for sure. Where you have the, and like you said, maybe this is where they have a a round two, but I'll have to wait for round three for the good one. But we have every reason to feel traumatized by that type of storytelling because we've been fucking burnt with it in the past. So I'm going to I'm I'm not going to fucking shame the shit out of AEW or Cody or MJF but 
I'm, I'm paying attention now because I feel let down. That was the second most built match on the card next to Moxley Jericho. But do you think that part of it too could have been we had already seen one of the best matches we had ever seen? No. You don't think they I, had I, Because I thought about that. Because they, they brought us back down. They did everything that a wrestling show does. You can have more than one really good fucking match on a card, and the better match can still be in the middle of the card, and you still admit, oh, and all that, that other match was really fucking good, too. They just didn't fucking deliver. And maybe, the, maybe this is the other thing, maybe they didn't want to. Maybe they wanted to leave something extra on the table for down the road like we've been talking about. Because... To a certain extent, I feel the same way about the main event. Yeah. I think the main event between Moxley and Jericho, first of all, back up just for a second. Cody having downstate play his fucking entrance to the ring. Awesome. That was fucking rad. That was awesome. That, that may have been the, the highlight of that entire fucking segment, including entrances and match. Um, Yes which leads me into the Moxley Jericho main event. Moxley coming in the arena the way he did was fucking rad. Just walking through the front door. Live. I like Camera that. following that in. Um, and then Jericho having a fucking choir sing his entrance music and getting the entire, as has been the story lately, the entire fucking arena involved. The entrances for the main event were on fucking point. Um, and I was jacked. They made it feel like the main event. Yes. They did a really good job. I was worried because once again, we'll get to the, the big match that right. we all loved. But I had a hard time with that show, mostly because I loved the match that we will get to so much that everything after it, I just, I kept trying to shake that match out of my head just to like move past it and take in what was happening but I loved it so much that by the time I got to the main event, I was like, how are you going to top it? And then when it started with those entrances, it finally got me to kind of like, drop okay, it a little this bit. Is, and it felt like it felt like a WrestleMania main event type situation, which I appreciated. Yes. Cause you never know since this is the first pay-per-view of this type or this revolution pay-per-view, you don't know how they're treating these. Right. Is it going to be feel like a dynamite, but a little bigger, right. but they went full on with, all the pyro, all the big entrances. It felt like a big show. I think the Jericho Moxley match was fine. This is another one. We need to go back and watch this to see how it played out on television. I don't think I was as let down with this one as I was like the Cody one. Maybe the entrances played a part of that, but also there was a title change and the finish. I, how many times have I said on this podcast, the reverse, which is you can have a great fucking match, but if you fucking fuck up the finish, it kind of wipes your mind of how great the rest of the match was. I think this was almost the reverse where it was like there was, I felt like there was a lot of striking and a lot of shenanigans on the outside of the ring with Jericho grabbing the mic and then fighting through the crowd. And Jericho got his middle finger camera spot into the match that he's been doing. Um, Which that was the first time he had done that in AEW, right? Correct. Like he'd only New Japan. Yeah, that was a New Japan thing that he, he also brought in. Picked up that guardrail. Yeah, the whole guardrail <laughs> and threw it. I, I I would love to go back and watch this match. Maybe, like I said, it might have played better for all of you guys watching at home. 
Um, so we'll give it another try. I didn't think there was anything overly spectacular about it. It wasn't a wrestling. This is what I wanted to say when I was thinking about recording today. Um, I felt like a couple of these matches and maybe people will cringe when they hear this actually could have used some stipulations. The main event definitely could have used a, you know, um, inner circle band from ringside, no holds barred. Like they, if they'd had some props to work with, to work around some of their, you know what I mean? Like, well, and I, I guess they did a little bit like work with like, cause didn't Moxley get busted open? He had a big gash above his eye. Right. But it was mainly the because they like fucking, they threw like, wasn't it Aubrey doing the main event? Yeah. Yeah. She kind of just basically said, fucking go at it. Which I do appreciate that they address the fact that AEW referees do not have to follow the strict referee like, discretion. It's referees discretion. I like that because that gives some leeway because that means when they do do a disqualification, it's kind of a big deal because the referee feels like, oh, this is not. This like, is this, this is over is the line. Flagrant. Yes. Which got it was actually a cool spot during the Cody MJF match where Cody wanted to whip the shit out of MJF and the ref's like, you can't fucking do it. And he's like, well, he fucking whipped me. And then the ref was like, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Get a couple in. <laughs> that was, that was a fun spot. So I'll throw some credit back that way. Um, but we got to see the fucking title change. So yeah, like you said, I didn't think about this, but you and I together have seen the first and second champs. Correct. And they're both WWE guys. And they're both former WWE guys. Um, but to be fair, John Moxley was John Moxley be before he was in WWE. Yeah. Technically, Chris Jericho was Chris Jericho before he was in WCW. So. So, that's true. So <laughs> so technically, we saw that guy that used to fight Nick Gage win the heavyweight championship. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, were you, I, I did on our, our uh, preview episode, I predicted that Moxley would win. Mainly just throwing it out there because I felt like that was a possibility. Um, not a high pot. Because I know there was a lot of people like, no, the t- Jericho's title reign needs to be longer to legitimize the title. But it also, Jericho's going to tour with Fozzie soon. And Moxley's just as big a star at this point as Jericho is, right? I mean, not as far as like an international multimedia, like on like music and other things. But he, as, as far as AEW is concerned. He's main event. Yeah. No, I mean, he's been the WWE champion and held it for a minute. So he's a person that people recognize. What is his finisher? Is it the fucking paradigm shift? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I know it was the Death Rider in New Japan. Yeah. Maybe that's too scary. Maybe. But they, he hit two of those on Jericho and pinned him. And your jaw dropped. I will say that. When that fucking ref, when the ref hit the three count, I looked over and you went, you gave the little mouth pop and eyes wide. See, I don't remember that, so I'm happy that you... Yeah. Because once again, when I look back on that show, it all comes back to one match. Well, we're getting into that, but I, I, I want to end the Jericho Moxley thing by saying that um doesn't matter how jaded you are in pro wrestling, it's still cool as fuck to see a title change hands. Oh, yeah. Especially in the main event for the world title. I, I was happy to be there for that. So I'm excited to see what they do with Moxley going forward. Let's talk about match of the fucking night. Oh, maybe of the year. year. And so it's far. only February. I know. Well, it's March now, but it was, you get it. It was leap Je- year. Jesus. 
once again, we went into this one with high expectations. They never get to celebrate the anniversary of that match because it happened on February 29th. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We did. I mean, they do, but we not celebrated very often. Leap Day hard. Yeah. Garrett, um, I turned to you after this tag match and I said that was as good a wrestling match as I've ever seen in my life, period, across any promotion. And you asked me if it was one of the best matches I'd ever seen in like initial or one of the best Bucks matches I'd ever seen. Yeah. And I had to think about it, but it's kind of like when you go see a movie and the ending sticks with you for days and you realize like, fuck, I really liked that movie a lot. Yeah. I've not stopped thinking about this wrestling match since we saw it. I mean, I've seen the Bucks a lot of times in some really crazy matches. Maybe this one didn't have like the biggest, craziest spots. There's still some crazy fucking spots. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There was still some crazy shit. They went hard the whole time. The story was just so good with it. Do you... That match, the way it played out in the ring, would have been good by itself. But the tension that the, with the story they've been building with with Hangman and the rest of the elite and down to when Hangman tagged in Kenny by smacking him across the fucking chest and Kenny had to kind of like roll his tongue and his lip like, I guess I'm tolerating this shit tonight. So like, I guess this is how this is going to okay, be. Okay, fine. Um, Hangman spitting on Matt Jackson's face. Big Luke. Fucking gobber of spit on his oh, cheek. It's just this this match was pro wrestling. This match was everything I love about pro wrestling. Being there in that crowd, we were all in it. That entire arena was in that match. Multiple standing ovations. Everything was like a lot of like oh you know like so been a fan of pro wrestling for 20 plus years. It wasn't until this weekend that I found out what my favorite spot in pro wrestling is. You want to know what that is, Garrett? What's that? I love, and you can't do it all the time because it doesn't work. I absolutely fucking adore the deep in the match kick out at one after like a big spot or a big finisher. And when fucking Kenny kicked out at one, that fucking building exploded. When the Bucks did the Golden Lovers spot. When they did that fucking thing and he reacted by saying, fuck that, I'm still in this like like 100%. Pounded his fists on the... Yes. You can't do it all the time because it feels... Like it has to feel like the occasional adrenaline rush that a guy would get. But in that spot, it fucking worked. And it was so I, like it. I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. It's my favorite thing in wrestling, and it's like a fucking four leaf clover. You're not gonna. It's because sometimes kick out like false finishes in general are fucking rad. Like you, you know, you know what I'm talking about yeah. when I say that. But that one doesn't. That one is a fucking unicorn, and they fucking put it in that match, and it fucking worked. And it was weird, the dynamic. You asked me multiple times, is it weird seeing the Young Bucks get booed in this situation? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know who the bad guys and who the good guys are anymore because of this situation. The Bucks have kind of been jealous pricks. Hangman's got some issues, and Kenny's just trying to be fucking mom holding the family together. (laughs) That's true. Kenny was the ones like, everybody loves Kenny because he's Kenny, but the crowd was 
loved Hangman. Would you say Hangman was the biggest star in this match, according to that arena? Yes. Well, I mean, Kenny got a big fucking res- like response. I think Kenny was clearly the biggest star in the match, like as far as star power. But I think the crowd was fully in support of fucking whatever was happening with Hangman, whether it was a, a an impending heel turn or him fucking taking over the match. He was the fucking star in the match. Like he was he the w- guy we all had our eye on. Right. He was the wild card. He was the one you were watching because every his interaction with the Bucks, his interactions with Kenny, your eye was drawn. Like, what do you say about your, the eyes always drawn? The eye to goes Gold to Bull? Hangman. The eye always goes to Hangman. Yeah. Um. So many good spots. Like I thought the fucking match was over when when Hangman put uh, Nick through the table on the outside. Mm. And they fucking had uh, Matt in the ring. Also, when Hangman did his... Uh, the one-winged mo- angel? The, well, oh, my God. <laughs> forget about that. I did forget about that. <laughs> I think like that was the match that was... You know, sometimes when you're popping during the matches, you're like popping just to get yourself amped up for yeah. the match. That was one where every time I yelled... It was just like... You couldn't stop it? It was coming out. It was just my natural response to how fucking awesome everything was. I was apparently making Tigger noises in response to how good this... Because I kept going, hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> Involuntary. I didn't know that sort of thing I did until now. It was that good. Yeah. It was Tigger good. Man, it's... I mean, there's a lot of year left in 2020. That set the bar pretty fucking high feel bad for Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. There was that we no, have to, there was no way they were following that. And it, the pro it wasn't that they put on a bad match. I like both of them a lot. I think the only match that could have followed that, that would have kept people engaged would have been orange Cassidy, which speaks to the level of star that orange Cassidy is. I felt so bad for the women's match. I mean, everybody like anyone would have been fucked a lot. Anybody whoever followed that other than orange Cassidy could He's the only guy that could have gotten the same pop that he would have regardless. Right. They just, they were put in that spot and it was, it was a fine match, but I, once again, I had just sat through that and I spent that entire match thinking about what I had just watched. Were you surprised at the finish? Once again, it was kind of a, you know, hangman rallying at the end of fucking, sorry, I thought we were talking about Nyla. No, no, no. I mean, I don't, I don't, I missed part of the match because I had to go to the bathroom so freaking bad. Um, and I knew that that was going to be my only chance. Um, not, not saying anything bad about Nyla Rose or Chris Statlander. I had to take a fucking break because the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny about made me pee my pants. You had to go have a cigarette after that. I you felt like to, I did. You had to, you had, yeah. <laughs> you just beer and a smoke. You just had the nicest come of the night and you yeah. needed to. <laughs> Yeah. So um, we'll be talking about that match as a point of reference for a long time. Are you surprised at the finish? I mean, I know you're happy. I think what I'm mostly surprised about is we expected the hangman heel turn and he teased it hard. Yeah. After the match, after they win, he goes, Kenny's in the ring, sits the belt down. Kenny's got his back to him. He puts his hands on the ropes the way he does for the buckshot. Grips it, Kenny turns and then around, sits on it, and, pulls and then it down. just being a good friend, putting his arm and that, and the, him putting an arm around him got just as big a response as one of the biggest pops of the night was that arm around him, and that was 
honestly, just as good of a pop as it would have been if he had turned heel. The story isn't over. He's yeah. And honestly, with those two guys together, it makes sense that they should be champions. Because they're both that fucking good. I think that's what they're the, 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 what they're kind of letting play out is this idea that like yeah you have to develop chemistry as a good tag team, but if you just have two really if you have the Rock and Stone Cold as a fucking tag team, they're going to hold the titles. Yeah. So um, yeah, that fucking match will be a point of reference for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's going to be the one that it's going to be really hard to beat, but I think right now it has set the bar for the year. We got to be in the fucking building for that. That's one that I'll remember. Yeah. You know, there's going to be those matches that you just, you remember everything about being there, and that was, yeah. that's So going forward, I guess play a little minor cleanup here, unless you have anything else you want to add. I do want to, you mean to that match or? To the match, yeah. Oh, no, to the match, I'm I'm good. We're going to find out who the exalted one is. Could be a number of people. There have been all sorts of rumors, but somebody's going to be joining Dark Order, if that's your thing. I've heard Matt Hardy. I've heard Luke Harper. Both make sense. Both make sense. We're going to find out soon. But the other thing is, if you watch the newest Being the Elite, which we did just moments before recording this, the Bucks have been in contact with somebody from their past and they're heading to meet up with him. So we may find out what's going on with that on Dynamite this week. It's just weird because the only person I can think of, like the first person that comes to mind is Marty Skrull. But that's not happening. But it can't be him. Can't be but, Joey Ryan. But then again, you had we didn't mention Hangman doing the Marty Skrull chicken wing and doing the spin around arms out. Then Yeah. That was cool. What if Marty's um, pissed off and that's what the phone call was? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing my spots, mate. <laughs> fucking numpty um anything else you want to add from this show the finish of it the atmosphere the atmosphere i do want to talk about this we had two small children in front of us and we were in a rowdy crowd with a lot of profanity which i don't think is going to be like every aew show but a chicago aew show yes and would you say Dynamite is probably family friendly for the most part. Is it safe to say that the pay-per-view is a little more uncensored like to where maybe don't bring your small children to it or be mindful of what here's what I'll say. And if I come across as a prick for saying this, so be it. AEW is not WWE. If you want WWE, go watch WWE. You don't have to worry about fans saying things like pussy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to worry about fucks and shit. Fucks and, and shits pussy and pussy wussies. No. But if do not get upset as a parent if you take your small kids to go see you let them watch the show. It's I mean, this is a more adult oriented show than WWE. If you let them watch the show, then when you take them to a live event, don't be surprised if you hear profanity. I understand it's unfortunate, but you can't expect the whole crowd to play by Family rules. I did. I could like, honestly, I wasn't able to swear. I didn't. I, I watched my mouth for that show, even though everyone around us wasn't. I just, they were too small. What do you, what do you think? You're getting a free pass into heaven? Yes. Like everyone else in that building's going to hell because of the two kids that were in front of you that they didn't, they didn't button up. Derek, the thoughts that I had about Jake Hager smooching is enough to send me to hell for an eternity. You didn't poke one of those parents in the back of the head, did you? What? 
Is that what you feel guilty about? <laughs> I think I felt so guilty about the naughty thoughts I had about that kiss that I, I was like, you know what? At the very worst, least, I'm not going to say the F word. I don't tonight. think that arena needs to apologize for anything. It was a Chicago wrestling crowd. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> Represent. We essentially city. murdered the fucking added or the the uh, uh, um, ruthless aggression era by chanting "fuck you, Cena" at WrestleMania 22. That's true. So we don't need to apologize for shit. The environment in that building for Revolution was fucking wild, though. Yeah. So. Well, right. uh, before we wrap up, we did watch a little bit other wrestling. We watched uh, the Rev. I just want to mention we did watch the rev pro no we didn't you did you saw i saw the back end how was the back end it was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) which is a reference to something else from this weekend that we'll talk about later and now entering the room Derek halpin's roommate and tag team partner christopher kelly i can't he may have had a bad oh good he had a look on his face like i'm not in the mood for this shit but he may, he still might not be. We were talking about you a little while ago. My roommate just got home. Yeah, you like pretty much right as we mentioned you. You were you talking shit? No, we weren't talking shit. We were we putting were, you over. Yeah, we were putting you over with uh, being pretty good. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> it's up to Chris Kelly discretion. We'll give you another opportunity to do a uh, watch along with us at some point. You got brought up because we also brought up Carl Malone and everything and it, <laughs> it and how the episode got fucked up. So, but we had to we had to mention Carl Malone at the very least. We mentioned that Carl Malone wasn't the best person. Yeah, we we didn't go into detail like we did, but next time we get to record with you, we'll go into greater detail. Okay. <laughs> anything else you want to add on this week's episode, Garrett? What's that? Is there anything else you'd like to add on this week's episode? Oh, that Rev Pro match, pretty good. Yeah? Pretty, pretty oh, good. Oh, you're telling me that a Will Ospreay Zack Sabre Jr. match was really good? Yes. And oh, water yeah. is wet? <laughs> no, it is. It's just, it's two guys really? that work really well together. Thanks for <laughs> informing wrestling fans. Yeah, sorry those, guys. Those two, those two worked a hell of a match. Yeah, it turns out. Finally. Turns out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Fucking they, Nakamura and Styles needed like 15 tries. The, yeah. <laughs> Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. had a good match before they met. The big thing, though, is Osprey penned Sabre and won the heavyweight That is a big deal. That is a big deal. He is... Uh... So now, he dropped, since he dropped the title, and we know that Sabre's going to go after Moxley. Moxley, which hopefully that still happens after the coronavirus stuff and we're going on hold. Yeah, hopefully we survive the, uh, the coronavirus outbreak. But uh, one thing that I, you know what, we're running out of time, so we, I don't think we have time to go into as much detail as I would. But next week, can we talk about Beyond the Mat? Absolutely. You didn't even watch all of it, so I you know. need to go back and watch I it. I want to f- watch the rest of it, but the one thing that I have A to say. A 21-year-old documentary from. It's just too much fun, because it brought up so much conversation earlier that I think we just we need to dive deeper into that. But I want to say one thing before we uh, we lo- sign off here. He's gonna, he's, he, he's gonna puke. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We've obviously got more content coming every week, probably a little extra in the coming weeks. But uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook and Twitter. We are at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. 
on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Halloween Halpin. He is at Gartet on Twitter and Instagram, right? Both. Both. On both. On both. We are on brand. Uh, we also have an email. Email us, goddammit. Garrett does check it because I get the alerts that he changes the password every other week. Because I forget it every day. Can you guys do me a favor? If you can think of a better kiss than Jake Hager and his wife smooching their, their tongues at that match, send it my way. I don't know if I'll be able to handle it emotionally and physically, but I would like to see it. Predetermined podcast at hotmail.com. Do us a Gmail. favor. Oh, sorry. With some J-Brones <laughs> with our 1998- We've been doing this podcast for two <laughs> fucking years. I've gotten it right every time, except today, all of a sudden, fucking MSN. We're um, professionals. We got a Predetermined Gmail. podcast some, at Gmail. Fucking, fucking professionals my ass. <laughs> it should be predetermined at predetermined.com or whatever the fuck. Um, predetermined podcast at gmail.com. Be kind to us. Go over to iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a nice review. You know the shtick. Just Be like the fucking war games promo. You get it. You know by now. Garrett. Hit our goddamn music. Music.